So on the official Hulk Air podcast is back for episode two. We're here with Jason Nevitt and Ben Lazenby discussing the new Academy Elite license that runs until the end of 2027. Firstly, congratulations, guys. Uh, how do you feel about the process? Uh, absolutely delighted um, to see how far that we've come in a short period of time. All the hard work has been recognised um, uh, by the RFL and the uh, Doug who came to accredit us. Um, so I think it's it's a good indication of where we're at. I think it's it's fair. Uh, we're the first academy this year to actually under, undergo that process. Um, and for us, it was really important that after everything that had gone on in the past, that we kind of hit the ground running and, and made the necessary changes to, to give us the right platform for the future. So um, everybody in the academy has been right behind process and working really hard to get to this point and like I said it's a platform for developing further for the future rather than an end point we're not where we want to be but we're certainly on track for where we'd like to see ourselves for this point it's been a, been a really intense process since we started uh, which is probably November time October November time to where we are now there's been a hell of a lot of work come by a lot of people you know throughout the whole it's not just been the people within the academy as well. There's been a lot of administration that's been needed from um, all over the club. You know, people in the trust, obviously, Paul, Neil, Tony's been a big help. So it's been a club-wide thing, and, and we're really pleased to see uh, where we are at the moment. And that's been alluded to where we where we're hoping to be in the future. And before we go on to the future and, and the people behind the scenes, what helps just cast back a year to to May 2021 and the, the initial refusal of the Academy licence. Uh, could you just go through that, Jason? Just what was that like at the time? Yeah, it was it was tough. It was a tough um, period, tough couple of weeks, that one. Uh, the, the process leading up to that was I would obviously put an application in via John. Uh, it was a, a paper-based application rather than the, the visits that we have now. Uh, the application was turned down. John received a phone call, I believe, about half past nine in the morning to let him know that it had been denied and you know, the academy had been taken away. Um, and it was going on on the RFL social media channels within half an hour, which was not ideal. You know, you've got 30 minutes to let players, parents, staff know what's happened, which obviously it's impossible for us to do with the kids at school. So it meant that they all saw it via social media and not through us, which you know was not the way it should have been. Um, but then, Got all the players and parents to come in on the evening uh, where we addressed them, told them what was happening. In, in my time in, in youth development, it was the toughest day because uh, you know the academy was getting taken away. These these players had lived and dreamed becoming professional players, and in their eyes, it was now being taken away. Uh, it was it, it wasn't nice to see the players in a lot of cases crying. Uh, walking out and telling the parents, the parents was crying in the car park. It was, wasn't a great scene, it wasn't a great uh, memory and experience for, for me and the staff out okay at the time. But, you know, we don't want to go over it too much, but you, uh, where we are now, obviously the process that we follow means that we're in a hell of a lot better place than we were back then. And even like flash forward two weeks after that, I, I mean, I did not a level of obviously it impacts young athletes and, and these kids that their dream is to play rugby league and then two weeks later you get the, the probationary licence and, and the, the chance to, to reclaim one of them, uh, the licence and you have the scholarship diver which will okay, out once so in a way in two weeks it was just like a rollercoaster of emotions for the academy and the scholarship. It was, I think if there's anything that came positively out of that experience was was the whole of rugby league jumped on, on board with us, they all came together um, to kind of fight for those licenses to be granted, that probationary license. I think the RFL then probably realised they'd made a bit of a blunt. Uh, yeah, it was, it was hard for everyone and everyone rallied round, round KR, which was great to see. And you have the, the guys who've come through the academy from like the 80s, like the Colts set up in the 80s, 70s, 80s, then like up to now you've seen some, some really uh, good young guys coming through. Um, what was the process like? I mean, for both of you, Jay Spen, about the, in a way, it's not like a rebuilding, but you've got to put the blocks back together, aren't you, to, to get the probationary license and then the full Elite Academy license. What's that been like over the last, last year? I think it was a rebuild. It was. I think the club took a long, hard look at the process of that the academy was going through at that 
that time, realised that things needed to change and improve. Uh, big part of that was bringing Ben on board. We also brought some other staff, we brought Ben Wilson in uh, to look after our community and, and scout talent ID aspects of the academy. We brought in Paula Cohen, who's a, a blood officer, which is unique. Um, the RSG, Rover Supports Group, they funded that post for us, which goes to show the level of support that they've got for us, which has been amazing. Um, so, that, you know, the club really looked at the academy processes and, and thought well, things need to be changed. Uh, and we started that, we started that obviously with Ben coming in. And it's just, it's flowed nicely. Um, ben probably could tell you a little bit more about the process of him coming in and what he saw when, when he first arrived. Yeah, what was your first impressions, Ben, coming to uh, Silver Craven Park and, and meeting the meeting the uh, the staff and, and the task at hand in a way? Really, it was it is a job. It was a, a, a big job to to do that as part of the the wider healthcare academy team. Yeah, that's it. Um, Tony Tony Smith got in touch with me, um, mentioned where things had got to, um, and where where some of the some of the gaps were lying. So at the time, John Bastian was head of youth. Jason was here. Uh, and some of the other staff were here, um, and I was going to be coming in alongside with with John still in post really to to kind of fill a skill a skill set that, that wasn't there with a real priority on um, working towards moving from probationary license to a full academy license. So when I started looking at what had been submitted, started looking at the practice that was going on, when I started speaking to staff in September, was it? mid-September, uh, meeting some of the players and, and getting a feel for the place. Um, the impression that I got is that there were some really good things being done. There were definitely some gaps, but perhaps what was being done, that the strengths might not have necessarily been represented in, in the external view of the club, so the interpretation of the license application didn't really refer to some of the good things being done. Um, I, my take on it was to kind of observe a bit, so I watched the back end of the academy season, watched how the relationship was between uh, the seniors and the academy, and, and just tried to get a bit of a feel for the place over the first few weeks, really. Um, and then I kind of started to formulate a plan around what do we need to do, which is for the whole KR way, what, what plan do we need to have in place to, to really enhance the academy? But also, what what do we need to do to demonstrate our strengths and to demonstrate to the other league that we're, uh, we should have our own academy and we should, we should be able to push forward with that. Um, so in a way, it, it, I've never kind of come into a club at that period of time, right at the end of the season, and it, it was... It was different, but it did give you an insight into where things were, but it then gave a little bit of time to kind of plan going into the season what needed to be done. So from there, it was very much um, put a plan together, um, sit down with Jace, uh, obviously Rob coming in, current staff, Tony, uh, and we set up an academy management board, um, and that had uh, Paul Lakin on it, Jace and myself. Uh, Liz Wynn on it from the education side of things, it had the trust on it and it had Tony on it, but it also had Rover Supporters Group who Jay's mentioned who did a real big part of what we were doing. And very much that group now we meet every couple of months to hold us account for the plans that we are putting in place. So we've got a strategic plan. It ticks, it, it meets some of the criteria for the RFL, but the most important thing is it's our plan. It's not, so, it's not a plan from anywhere else because every club is different, every area is different. It, it kind of meet, meets our criteria that we've set for ourselves to have an academy performing to a, to a high standard of what we want it to be. We want to be an outstanding academy. We want to be developing players for whole KR, uh, ideally a surplus of players that can populate Super League, but we want them to go on and, and get representative on us as well. It's not going to happen overnight. Having been accredited as good in eight months is fantastic in the great scheme of things. But within the plan, there's a, there are some other stepping stones that we want to go through to improve the quality of what we do and enhance what we do. And uh, over time, then we'll see players progressing through. And again, we can't turn a switch on or turn a tap on and players come pouring out the tap. It's a long term development process. But you have to have the process and you have to have the structure and the in 
to support those players coming through. So what we're doing now, the, the fruits of which, we'll see some of it over the next couple of years, but really it's going to be three, four years time when we really start to see our homegrown players increase within the first team. Yeah, of course, and the people that are behind the scenes signings in a way. I mean, people will see on social media, congratulated both of you two, right? So you guys have spread it onto the, the wider staff, like people like Paul, like, like that role is just so unique in a Super League environment. And people don't know the RSG of funding her role as a junior welfare officer for Academy. Like that doesn't exist across rugby league. That is like our club and, and other clubs now are just, are just coming onto it as well. It's the first, it's the first one, really. Yeah, we're that first club to have dedicated welfare officer full time for the academy, which is uh, it's groundbreaking. It's been recognised by Rugby League Cares, it's been recognised by the RFO. It's a real strength of ours, and it's not just the role. Paula has been fantastic. She really, really has been outstanding for us. All of the reports that come back from parents and players, they all talk about how fantastic Paula's been. She's she's in schools, she's having meetings with parents, she's having contact with players. She's a real soundboard for those for those people. That there's any issues that they might have in rugby, out rugby, anything, um, they know that she's only a phone call away, or they can go and see her. And she's a real empathetic ear for them, um, and she feeds back what she can to us, and we make changes that deem necessary. And I think it's a way that a lot of rugby league clubs and staff going on start to build because with the way the world goes now. Evolution of the world, it's uh, welfare and mental health is such a big important part for young people growing up. So, yeah, I can't emphasize how important it's been for us. I guess it just helps with that disenfranchisement of players, you know, not only the, the, the mental health side of it, but players that are sticking in with rugby and, and they've got stuff off field. If you can keep people in the game and enjoying it as well as enjoying what they're doing outside of rugby, that's, that's, that's key in it, really. To, uh, to what you guys want, and I mean, even more like Rob coming in, more like Rob Wilson, like each box has got his his finger on the pulse of the community game. I mean, if there's someone who's been missed in in the in the process of recruitment, he's he's in and around it, and you know, the people that are are, are going to be well to have the potential to be good players and, and good good characters as well. It does. He's he's Mr. Community Rugby League, you know, Rob. He's uh, been around for a long, long time. I thought it was a real gap that we'd missed. Um, with recruitment and town ID, there was, there was a real gap in the academy around that. It wasn't filling that correctly. We weren't getting the right players in or enough players in. So the second I could, I, you know, I spoke to Rob and he came on board with us, uh, left his, his post that he was in, came with us. I've worked with Rob before at the Seagull Academy. I've known him for many years. He's, he's, he's great to have around. He's very honest, very hardworking, very diligent in what he does. But he's also, again, he's got a real good uh, mannerism and a way with, with the kids, new kids. He, he cares and they can see that and they relate to him. So he's been fantastic, again, as Paul, he's been fantastic in that area of the academy, which really is probably the most important because if you're not getting the right kids in that bottom end, you're not going to send the right kids out on top end. Um, so, yeah, well, I think we've got two really, really good additions to the academy with those two when they came in. But there's also other staff that was there, so Kevin Deaton has been there. Um, he's always around the club, Kev. Like, he's, yeah. he's big he, fan of the club. He started in 1895. <laughs> 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 he, uh, he used to be a boiler maker. To be honest, one of the first people I met coming to the club was Kevin. The, his passion for the club and for the players within it is, is unbelievable. It's infectious, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. infectious. And, and um, Jace talks about um, seeing Rob and, and people who care about the players and, and there's nobody else who cares as much for those players and the staff around him as, as Kevin. It's been fantastic. So day one, it's just been... It's just a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be around because you just know that there's so much banter and, and yeah. it's so jovial but so caring at the same time. He's got Got great balance <clears throat> of hard work, caring, but also taking Mickey out again if he gets a chance. Yeah. But he can accept it if he gets a chance. But he takes it as well. He, he, oh, there's a real good camaraderie in the office, there's a real good camaraderie around the academy. Alan Sylvester, as well, who was who been our sports therapist, uh, he's been around a couple of years. He's, he's fantastic around, around the players, they really care for him. He's had. Uh, 
he's had some trauma and he's come through that. And he's now, you know, he's at a really good place where the players again trust him, the parents trust him, they know what level of care they're going to get from him. Um, and then we brought Tom, Tom Robertson, to be our head of strength and conditioning. Um, he's a graduate from uni, he'd been doing some intense stuff with us previously, and we brought him in as part time. We've also got Pete Graham again. He's been around forever. He was he was the head of youth healthcare to the twelve to fourteen. So you know he's been around for a long, long time. He's got his finger on the pulse when it comes to the school game because he obviously went to Archbishop Centre. So I just feel around all the staff, we've got a lot of bases covered, but they're all good people. Um, it's, it's a cliche, but it's a pleasure to work with that group and come into the office every day and be around them. See the hard work and how much they care about the girl, which is essentially the main thing. Yeah, and that's the important bit. And you see, with the people you brought in, what was the inspirations for? I mean, when you took over as, as head of the academy in the joint role with, with Ben, what was the inspirations that you guys took from other sports or things you'd seen from your experiences to go? This is how we're going to move the academy forward. This is how we're going to we're going to mould the identity of, of youth rugby at Hawkeye. Ben spent a lot of time working in rugby union, so. I imagine you've got a lot of influence from that. Yeah, so um, I had seven years of over at Warrington Wolves and the Rugby Buffalo before that, and then five years of the Yorkshire Penguins. So quite a um, not hugely varied sports wise, but, but but relatively broad uh, view of things and and good contacts in the game. So um, when you the more you look across youth development in sports, you realise there's very few. There's very uh, few secrets. A lot of people doing uh, similar things, but with their own flavour to it. And so there's, there's no real magic formulas. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it, a lot of care and a lot of passion that goes into it. Um, but I would say that uh, there's, there's, there isn't anything hugely different. You, you've just got to kind of recognise what suits you and your club and your, your patch and, and work to them, those strengths. Um, so it's we started to sit down and recognise recruitment. So recruitment at all levels and transitions of players at all levels. Whenever there's a transition, whether that's a player coming into your academy or a player leaving your academy to, to further better themselves or to leave, they're the real critical point. So we needed to really iron them down. Rob coming in straight away, his knowledge and his experience was one quite big area covered, wasn't it? Um, you look then at the, the leadership and management and how people operate and interact with each other. The recruitment of people into the academy is good. Good people who are prepared to challenge each other. I think if, if you have a group of people who just agree and, and nod all of the time, yes men or whatever you want to call them, is you get one version of what can be done. When you've got a few different people who see things differently, you get a, a level of challenge which is really healthy. It's, it's the right kind of challenge we discuss how to do things. And well, I might have an opinion, Jason might have an opinion, Rob might have an opinion, Pete will have an opinion. That's four ways. There's probably a lot of crossover. We find the best way by discussing things. So the kind of leadership and management and something that we're really keen to, to develop is developing an integrated philosophy for the club. So we've been working with Tony a lot with that. Um, ourselves working with what that looks like so that um, it's really clear when you see a whole KR team take to the field is that it's a whole KR team that there's there's some real consistencies within there that you can notice on the field but also off the field as well about how people get looked after and treated was really important to us so there's some real key themes that we started to to see that well, actually we can grow this we've got the people here that can push this to the next level um, and as we go, I think one of the big things was that as we go, we actually need to be really, not critical, but we need we need to gather the evidence of what we're doing well, have a look at things. If something isn't working well, be really honest about it to get it right. Um, and that's been the, the way that we've gone, where we've previewed and planned, we've delivered, we've reviewed, and we've been quite critical of what needs to continue, what needs to change. Um, and it's a really healthy process. It's a really good process that we go through and um, 
already we probably identify things that probably do that differently in pre-season. Probably do that differently as we approach games. Probably look at this differently. Um, that's really healthy. Like that's the constant evolution of the program. Um, so yeah, you, you you pick bits of experience of, of everything you've seen. Yes, you will see things as a player that you'll think I was best when I was managed and coached this way, and you'll work with different coaches as well, where you think I really like that, I really like that. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> And and you, you pick up all these little bits and then you kind of start to, to put them in and see see what suits the group. So it's very much I would think we've kind of got quite a collaborative approach in the academy, don't we? It's not no one kind of yeah. charging their own opinion into it. It's very much a collective. It's where you need a bit of agonism in a way, people disagreeing to then agree in the end or find the best approach. You, you do it and it it's it's ever evolving. It's always evolving. Going back to, to the club philosophy and style of play, Tony has a style of play at OKR and, and you watch OKR first and you, you know how they're going to play. It was important that that was fed down to us, and again, that was a gap between the academy. We kind of run our own race before. Mm. We've now filled that, so that filters down to the academy and that's filtering down, watered down more to the scholarship. So now you watch one of our junior teams and you go, that's OKR team. Yeah. We're not, we're not there yet, far from it. We've had some performances this year where um, we've tried to go too far one way, which haven't worked. This weekend, I've just had been one of them. Uh, first team would be the same, so that's, that's something Tony talks about a lot, is trying to play about earnings, earnings that certain things, and we've done that at the academy level. It's always going to be a challenge for us. It's going to take some time, um, but we're trying and we're always evolving talk about collaboration last night is a great example again we we reviewed the game and it took three hours <laughs> we spent three hours reviewing um, with the players all the staff was in there reviewing how we're performing currently in training outside of the game and in games and it, i thought it was a real beneficial uh, evening for us all three hours of some real honesty yeah. players spoke to each other in an honest way which sometimes like but it was never in it was never anything personal it was always about bettering the academy bettering that player so stuff. that would never have happened year two years ago and again the staff has, has been really all the staff have been really important in getting the players to the point where they're now comfortable with that yeah they're now comfortable in the situation where they can talk like this you just don't do it young, young people just don't do it no um so again, we're evolving, we, we're getting better. There's always going to be more. And I heard a lot we're going to overcome is when Tony leaves and uh, Willie comes in. It's, it's making sure that that continuation carries on. And that's going to be a challenge for us. And from what I understand, it's big on youth for, yeah, youth development. He comes from a development background, so it's going to be important when he comes to get, get in touch with him and make sure that that philosophy is going to continue. Well, I'm sure it will. Yeah, and I mean, that philosophy and, and in a way, watering down or, or adding tastes for the scholarship, then the academy taking the next level, and then you're having the first team but a similar style. That's a cross sport, that as well. You look at Barcelona, you look at Ajax or any of them teams, like that style is implemented from such a young age, and, and what well, the building blocks of it are. And you see it in rugby, like the Wigan way, the Wigan Warriors way. And for OKR, it's an entertaining rugby. And I'm guessing the goal in a couple of years is to see young juniors that uh, come from our academy system, come from far and wide being able to slot into the first team and play that same off the cup cut for a bit of builds on a strong four pack. That's why you do it. Yeah. That, that's why. I think one of the reasons going across sport is one of the reasons Man United is struggling so much now is because the chopping and changing the manager so often in the last five, six years, who has a new philosophy and brings a new coaching staff in and it, it doesn't get time to fill it down the grades. So then young lads are getting the chance at the top end and then another manager comes because he's failed and and you're seeing that now at Man United starting to slip down the league. Yeah. You look at St. Helens, a perfect example in rugby league. Of, they have a style of play, and anyone that comes to that club fits that style of play. And that is filtered throughout their league, throughout their teams. Any player that comes in at 15 years old knows that that's the style. That's the style you're going to play all the way up to the top. When you go, you leave the academy and you go to reserve, or you leave and go to the first team, it's not a, oh no, we're not going to play like that now, we're going to do this. Yeah. Oh, but after spent two years, you know, it's just a continuation, and that's why they're so good. Yeah, in my opinion. I 
I mean, you're seeing it now. I know you said it's not perfect at the, at the moment. It's always a constant progression. But that Ryan Hall try, uh, younger Ryan Hall try at Bradford with, with two kicking it on. Like, that is something out of the first team playbook. Or you saw it in like, the whole derby, like the scholarship derby with, with Ryan Hall with the two tries from them and Hampshire at the back. Like, that kind of playing off the cuff rugby is, is evidently breaking through in the scholarship and into the academy as well. And we'll always encourage that. We'll always... You'll never hear me or any of the coaches uh, tell players not to do something. That's just not part of our record. If you want to do it, you do it. As long as you understand why you're trying to do it, you can explain what you're looking for and why you're trying to do it. We'll always encourage Ryan Hall's kick. He saw that there was no one behind the line and he's kicked through and regathered and scored. Same with Michael Lewis in the big game against Warrington last year. Yeah. You look at that and people go, that's fluky, but it's not. There's a process of why Michael Lewis did that. He saw that there was no fullback. He thought, right, I'm going to go, I'm going to kick it. There's, there's a process there, but he's encouraged by Tony. We'll always encourage our players to play rugby. We don't want to be a five drives and a kick team because that doesn't develop rounded rugby league player. It's not okay as style. No, it's not. And that's the important thing as well about not only having the, as you say, Ben, these systems in place and these procedures that are going to build the academy up, but then on top of that, being able to choose because the organisation is becoming so strong how you play your rugby and what skills you're going to develop instead of just kind of winging it or maybe bouncing from situation to situation would you agree that's, that's very much oh, it absolutely I think having over the next 12-18 months we'll, I think we'll really see the benefits of, of what a club philosophy looks like and, and what a club vision looks like um, having having something that it takes time to embed something like that but over time, when you'll start to see the fruits of that, that you'll be able to see um, whatever it looks like at the moment. We're really trying to play a kind of um, a fearless type of, of rugby, as in playing without fear. So not without fear of the opposition, without fear of failure. So let's try things, let's do things. Um, if it doesn't work, be resilient and try it again. Don't, don't worry about the consequences, just deal with the consequences. And I think that that philosophy carrying on over a period of time really does start to embed itself. And when we're working with the young players, we need to almost give them quite a wide bandwidth of different ways to solve problems and, and, and play the game. Now, that might be refined over time, so it might not be such a huge bandwidth of playing. But if they can do all of these things, it doesn't matter which coach comes in above them who just kind of tweaks or takes a part of it, who can adapt to do, to do it all. And yeah. it also means that a coach who can be really smart and say, right, we're going to play this way today, or we're going to practice playing this way. We've already got the tools to be able to do it. So it's not having to relearn how to play the game each time. So I think that playing with freedom and it, in the sessions on a, on a Tuesday and Thursday evening, you'll look on the, the training fields behind the stadium and you'll see all the scholarship players who are practicing those skills without fear they're, they're, they're doing things that they can uh, practicing offloads practicing passing practicing different ways to move defenders you've got the, the academy lads who are, who are doing similar things as well as having their own time to develop and all these numbers on the field who are, who are practicing without fear they're not thinking I better not do this because the coaches want us to and I think that's a real credit to, to all the coaches that have instilled the, this methodology and yeah. and yeah and this safety to be able to go and do that. And as they go through the system, obviously there'll be times where it is, look, there might be a time and a place for different things. There's a cause and effect, there's consequences of different playing different ways, but it's all experience and learning. At the end of the 18 season, we want the players who are in there, every single one of them, to learn more about the game. So whatever level they'll go to play to, they'll have learnt a lot about themselves and a lot about the game, become more rounded players. And wherever they go and play, because it is hard to, to come through and play super, wherever they go and play, they'll be better players because yeah. they'll be able to adapt and fit in. Probably show something that other people can't do. So we, we talk about super strengths, don't we? When we do it, like, what's your reason for, why do you think that we picked you into the academy? What do you do better than anybody else? Yeah. Make that your super strength so that as you go through your journey that you've got something that is like a unique selling point to the next level, whatever that level is. It, it, it can be the highest level of representative rugby. It could be going back and playing for the community club. 
taking those skills with them is a success still. I mean, that's another thing with goalkeeping people in the game because it's it goes back to what you say about safety there and looking after people and welfare point of view. There is an issue in the game where there is a bit of a trap door in a way where kids are leaving the system at 18 and they're just thinking, well, I've not made it, or there's commitments and they go back to the community club or they don't ever turn up back to the community club. The welfare that you guys are offering and the, the constructive skills that you're offering them is to for them to use later in life, not just in rugby, but in, in the wider world as well. That's hopefully going to keep more people in the game as well and not just at the highest level, but at a community level as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In any in any pathway, you've got pros and cons within within pathways uh, of developing players. The, the biggest thing is it is really really difficult to come through it. It takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a little bit of luck as well along the way. And so, a really big thing and working with Paul, but also looking to develop our uh, psychological and social skills around this it is really important that. They can deal with resiliency. They can deal. They can grow confidence. They can communicate with each other. Jason talked about last night's review. What six months ago, it was silent in that room. They would, you know, be hesitant to do that. To see them speak openly amongst their peer group was fantastic. For me, that's a little bit of a watershed moment that you see such a change in them as people. That that's development. That's that's powerful stuff. Um, and like I said, we're looking at developing rounded individuals because it's a small percentage who go on, but we've still got a responsibility to make sure that they go, that they have a pathway, whatever that pathway leads to. Um, something I'm really passionate about, you know, developing these rounded players for, for whatever it is that, come, that comes up for them. I think as a club, just to go back to the resilience point, bringing in and this goes back to Rob as well, and Rob's talent of, of, of scouting these guys that have missed the scholarship and academy programmes and maybe in the first year missed scholarship. And they've come in and just been, I mean, someone like Cameron Bellard, I mean, I mean Harry Price, he, he's fought for coming from York. You know, these guys that have come in that have not gone through the traditional pathways, but rejoined at a later date. And, and one of their super strengths probably is their resilience or their like attention to detail. It, would, would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think, there's probably an unknown quantity in the game of, of players that you, retention, you mentioned about that, people dropping out of the game. I, I believe that within well, falling out of the path we are within the game, we do lose players who might have the potential to, to be Super League players. I'll use Frank Yorton as an example. Like His journey, I think, could be replicated by a number of people some of whom won't ever get the chance to replicate the journey because they, they drop out. And so the, the key of resilience for Frankie was going back to it, was was getting over those speed bumps and, or pitfalls, um, work, working his nuts off through going back to Lee Miners Rangers and getting picked up and playing at Swinton, playing in Championship and Featherston and, and being picked up to, to now. He's one of our better performers because he, he doesn't doesn't hesitate to, to think of the what-ifs anymore. He's very much in the present and everything he does is there is a there's a now and I need to work hard now and I need to do my best now. And I think there's a lot of lessons young people can probably pick up from someone like Frankie of, oh, the rocky road of a pathway can often be the best preparation for Super League. Yeah. Um, some of the players who have a really smooth transition and we're always first pick on the, the team sheet find it really difficult when they get into the senior squad because they've been first pick all the way through club, school, possibly academy, going to the senior environment and hang on, I'm way down the roster. Yeah. yeah. And it's how do I, do I have the skills to, to push past everybody else? And the ones who do, do well, generally speaking. Um, but I'd still say we, we've a lot to do in the game to make sure that, that we're doing everything that we can to provide those opportunities. And Cam, Sam as well, Harry Price, yeah. players who, haven't come straight in, you know, they've, they've come a different, yeah. bit of different Lenny, who wasn't in it. Lenny, yeah, as well. Coming back to Rob, that's a real strength of his, he's, he's casting it wide. Yeah. He's got a good straight, a good um, scouting network that's that's looking beyond the heartland of the game, the community clubs, he's going into schools and looking for, for players that don't necessarily play rugby league, but the talented athletes. Mm. Um, he's also looking outside of also Harry, Harry Price comes from York. He's been a revelation for us 
because he's had that hardship, he's never got a scholarship. Mm. Missed out on first year academy, we've taken him and said, go and enjoy yourself, have a crack. You know, you've got one year to prove that you might be able to get to the next level. Yeah. With us right now, go and have a go. And he, the players love him because he's, he's 100% in everything he does. We've just brought another one in, Sam Hazard, who's another player who's doing exactly the same thing. And Cam Bellard, again, he never he never had any scholarship, never had that academy level. And he just, he got his head down and he worked for it hard for Eastall. And we said, right, coming off the and it's been a revelation for us. He was our best trainer throughout pre-season. He was outstanding. Um, he's earned everything that he's got. So there is a big scope for, for picking players that were a late maturation sport, where you know, players aren't the best at 14, 15. Those that are generally aren't the best at 19, 20. So we have to look beyond the norm so to speak, and, and look at where can that player be in five years? Uh, there is a there is a dropout. There's a dropout at fourteen. There's a dropout at eighteen because some too many players unfortunately don't get picked up on a scholarship and go that's it. Yeah. Not, you know, there's no point playing if I'm not going to get to professional and the dropout. Same when they don't get an academy contract. I'm just going to leave the game. Yeah, going to go away from rugby league. It's all a bit too much. Yeah. And- yeah. Frankie is obviously an exception to the rule. Unfortunately, the, the key for us is to make sure that, that that doesn't happen and the rule is the rule. He's keeping players in the game and there's a pathway for them later in sport. Reserves, although it's in its infantry right now, you'd like to think in four or five years' time, that's where that fits in. It's going to be a proving ground for people to yeah. come in and, and see if they can make that step up. You're doing really well for, for Skeller. Yeah. Right? Come and play for our reserves. You know what? He has five, six good games, and he goes keeping him. Yeah, you know, and that's what that needs to. That, that's what reserve needs to be about. You get young kids in from the academy. You got your older heads in from the first team who aren't selected or who come back from injury, and you're filling that up with with players from outside of your club mm-hmm. if needed. Yeah, in the community. I mean, in the community game, like I say, that's that's essential. And with Frankie, he was part of that class of there was him, Harrison, and. Matty Ashton who all come through a Swindon at the same time under Stuart Little. So you just seem to get these clusters that, that pop up and across all different levels that that's massively important. But alongside that, you have these long-term people that have been in scholarship rugby and gone all the way up. How important is academy players joining in with the first team and that, that link up to, to that further development as well? Um, if you haven't got your philosophy aligned, it can be a really dangerous thing. If you've got your philosophy aligned, then it can be a really good reward as well as a good learning experience. And so there's there's two things really. Expectation is the biggest one. So expectation of all the coaches, whether that be the development academy coach or first team coach, expectation of the player of, of why they get it and expectation of everyone else in the system. So um, there are some players that absolutely would benefit from a streamlining, almost fast track of going in there because it's the right thing for them. For other players, that could be disastrous because it isn't the right thing for them because they still need to develop the underlying uh, uh, the underlying skills, but also um, mental skills that go with it as well. And so, it, it is a yes, it is really important to have those opportunities. But what I would say is. It, it's more important to manage it for the, the right player at the right time for the right reasons rather than just having an approach of um, our approach is we identify X number of players and they go in there because we're still leaving things to chance if we do that. We're still just expecting it something to happen rather than, right, These are this is what you're working towards and it'll go in there. Um, how do we manage players who are in the first team? Because the expectation of the head coach should be that they're, they're not ready now, but they have the potential to be there. So a player goes in there and they come back and go, that player's not ready. That player's not meant to be ready. He's there because he's the potential to be ready. Yeah. And, and and the same for us. We, we have to have the expectation of a player is going to go into that environment and he will be good in this way. He will fit in. But... He's got a lot of learning in this way. So, like I say, I think having them opportunities, having the relationship between the senior squad and the academy and having the discussions to manage those transitions, like I said, it comes back to every transition, whether you're coming into the club, into the academy or out yeah. or up, whichever direction. Managing that side of things is really important. So, really important. 
and, and it's benefited some of our players, hasn't it, who, who have had their opportunities to, to go in a, to the first team and train and bring what they've learned then back. Similar with the reserves, downhill bias. Yeah. Like, at an amazing point, he's played some reserves games this year. He's been re- watching Ethan, Ethan Ryan really closely, who's a player in his position. He's picked up some really good learning and some good habits from him. He's brought them back. He's not held on to them and thought, if I do this, I'll get a better chance. He's come back and he's told all the players in his position, this is some, this is a standard that we shouldn't have it yeah. in order for us to kick on. And last night, talking about those things and other players recognising it is brilliant. And that's because of that crossover, because of the reserves competitions back, but the opportunities he's had to be able to... to to learn from those more seasoned players. So um, throwing a younger player in there who just be took completely overawed by it and, and probably totally out the depth could have been can be really negative. Yeah. Can have a have a longer lasting opinion or can have the effect that the players think that they've made it. Oh, well I'm in the first team now so that's me done. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tony's been fantastic with this as well. He's placed yeah. a lot of trust in us and he's never once Said no. If we say, can this player train? We think he's ready to go. The first team is open. You can say, yeah, you bring him. Keep we have to justify it, don't he? He never says no. He never says we don't. We can't take another one, or we don't want one. He's always very, very open. He'll have a look. He'll get to know that player. He'll talk to him, um, which is great management. And, he'll, and then he'll give us some feedback, and then we can feedback to that player, or give the player the feedback as well. So. He's been a big help to us getting players playing you know, training with our first team squad in that environment. Uh, I think as a club we've been really good lately. I think next year we're looking at another ten. Be ten academy products training with oh, the first okay. team, right? Or playing with the first in the first team squad yeah. next year, which is fantastic. You know, we look at two years worth of academy. We've got ten players in there. Um, as Ben alluded to, there it's really, really it's vital how these guys are managed and they're not just thrown in and go back to my own career so many times did I see as the, as the first team player young lads just get thrown in fed to the wolves and just you go and wear a yellow vest and run against the first team today and you're just a body on the field and there's no development there for you and you could be the front row but because you're playing in the opposition you go on the wing because there's too many front row first yeah. team and you're not a winger you're a body on a field and, and then you get cast aside in the training right thank you for coming see you later um, it's really crucial that the boys that we send up now are managed properly and developed properly in that environment and they're not cast aside and I think they're doing a good job with it but again it's evolving it will grow I think there'll be some changes next year where that will become more of a specific role for someone mm. but uh, again it's an, it's an evolution of OKR Academy in first team uh, collaboration, you might say. Thank you very much. <laughs> and with that as well, not just players joining the first team, but that reserves. I mean, I, I spoke to Corbin a few weeks ago, and Corbin Pratt, that is not Corbin Sims. And uh, he was he was talking about the the idea of playing reserves, and a few of the boys being it's a bit it's a goal from uh, alongside. There's there's these as you mentioned these sideways up, upwards, all these moves that are, uh, rewards for for developing as a player and developing as a person. Not only is it just promotion to the first team or training room, but it is playing alongside some of the first team players in the reserves and, and it's good that we have that, uh, that tool available now. It, and it needs to be a reward as well. It, it can't be from us, for all I can only talk about okay, I don't know what the clubs do, but it can't be a, we've got a reserve game, we need to fill it with our academy kids and we just go right and give them to play reserves. It needs to be, a, you're doing well enough, you're going to play the reserves this week because you've earned that, right? It's the next step for that person. Not whether they need a winger in the, in the reserves or let's just throw them up. Yeah. You know, which I've seen happen in the past again. Um, I think, again, beating the drum a little bit for us here, but with, that's how we're doing it. That's the route we're taking. Corbin Pratt there being a perfect example. Start of the year, he probably didn't deserve to play in the reserves because he wasn't performing well enough for the academy. Over the last three games, he's been fantastic for us. He's going to play in the reserves on Friday because he deserves to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, he deserves to be seen by coaching staff at the next level to go, you know, we like this kid, he's doing well. Hopefully, he'll perform in the reserves. You perform on the reserves, you get yourself first team coach, and that's how that's the how it goes. Yeah. So, it should be a perfect scenario. 
against any team for trees with one year into the reserves, not even you know six months into the reserves. Yeah. This is going to be for it to become money. It's going to be two, three, four years down the line. Consistent, consistent uh, yeah, competition, yeah, week to week playing. Um, all the players moving up and moving down, and that kind of conveyor belt. Uh, I think the processes that all care about the players at the moment and moving forward will see to it that that's how it works for us. Might not work for every club, but we can we can only control our own. Mm-hmm. I think the reserves will really grow into a yeah. successful playing platform. Uh, I think head coaches, once they can see the benefits of it, and, and most of them, from what I gather, want it to be there. I know there was a big, uh, big push for it. Um, but we, start, we were talking about playing with freedom and without fear earlier on. That changes a little. Well, it doesn't change. The players still need to be able to play without fear. Uh, when they're playing in the senior squad. Um, but as it progresses from development into performance, there also has to be a step between it. So for young players to then play against some seasoned professionals, some Super League players, for them to try things and do things at the reserve level, rather than their first experience of senior rugby playing in a Super League match where they're... they're there is no room at all for error. There is no room to feel their way into a game. It, quite often, they make an error, they feel their way into a game, they're judged on that performance. Whereas when you've got the reserves and you've, you've had a little bit of a taster of it, you've experienced it, well, actually, it gives them confidence to go into the two A Super League game. It gives them that platform to be able to go, well, um, this, this is what happened. This is what it's like playing against men. This is a different... To kind of playing level, they're ready for it rather than. I think some some years you see lads at the court in the headlights, and it doesn't help sometimes on Sky where the commentators will straight away go, "He's had a shocker of a game." And I'm, it, hey, that's it's out of order. But what has also been out of order is they haven't had this kind of in between platform to to no. maybe make some mistakes to learn from to actually know what the next step yeah. is for them to do it. So I think again, it's. We're in the early stages of it, like the direction it's going, but it'd be really important, especially for us as a club. I think it's going to be, we'll be able to identify players that might need that little bit of extra time. We'll be able to identify players that need to be stretched and challenged from an earlier point as well. So it could be a really important playing platform for us. Exciting. It's the next moving forward. Yeah. It's a case of when people are, as you've got earning them places, but even further along, earning them heritage numbers to go on the board with people and people not just being placed in because out of necessity, when we need a winger this week, let's bring one of the young lads up, which has happened across all the Super League clubs over the last uh, 25 years of Super League. So it's nice to see that eventually that these players will come through wherever they may be. I could probably have an idea of the guys who I've seen through Academy have been really good and on that next step, but we'll award them as well. Similar to what Warrington do, where they have like the wire above the the shirt to represent the academy. That's something that we we definitely should look to to, to progress as as we grow as a club as well. We well, already know. Yeah. So you're not scratching around for a winger. So you already know. We've known this lad since he was 15. Yeah. 16, 17, 18, 19 in the reserves. He deserves it. We know him. We know his background. We know what he can do. He's ready to go. Let's put him in. Yeah. Let's put him in. It's not a Jason need a winner. Is there anyone in the academy with you know, injury crisis? Oh, yeah, you can have this one. He's not ready, but you can have it. You know, it's, it's, we've, we've got background on him. We know him. We've developed him for four or five years. He's ready. Put him in. Might not be ready week to week. You might not be ready for 80 minutes, but you can put him in there and you know what you're going to get. You're yeah. going to get some errors. You're going to get some mistakes. You're going to get some tentative play from but persevere because he's there for the long term because we know what he can do. Uh, you're talking, you're talking down the line. You, you, but that's where we aspire to be, and that's where we will get to. Uh, just going back a few steps, just watching this video in here. Mikey Lewis scoring one of these tries. He, he never got a scholarship. He's another one that came through, had some resilience about him. He never got the scholarship that he wanted. Uh, we take him on, we took him on at City Hall Academy, and, and look where he's now. Yeah, you know, England. Amazing England or England Knights squad. Yeah. Ellie Michello scored another one. 
Carefield Bradford system probably never thought Sudbury was coming. Championship Bradford, no realistic chance of promotion. I mean, he had a really interesting journey. Yeah, he, he was Leeds for what, his junior years and then had a bit of a mishap, uh, well publicised, took a step backwards, ended up in League One, and then like built himself up all the way up. I mean, probably most 25 year olds in rugby have not been through the journey that he's been through in recent years as well. And like, he's the, the club's vice captain. Yeah, yeah done. Two players there just scoring these tries that have come through a real tough time in their lives. And look where they are now, you know, the proof is in the pudding there. Yeah. If you ever need any proof, there's two players. Yeah. And there's more, there's more of them. Yeah, more coming. Lord Mills, Ethan Lyon. Uh, Matty Stoughton. Matty Stoughton. Yeah. Will Tate, I mean, in the... Will Tate, he's come through some tough times. He had, he's had 12 months of nothingness. He's had probably three years where he's played 10 games. Yeah. Through not his fault. Yeah. You know, that's that's a resilience. He's had to train for that time with no, no outlet to play. As you mentioned earlier as well, that of throwing people in. I mean, Tony trusted Will against against Warrington for him to come on and Brad, Brad Tucker and got an head knock and I think Warrington thought we've got it easy on this side with Will. Didn't move. Yeah. Part of the reason why they nailed him. Uh, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Then yeah. players slotting into the ideology of the, of the club. And that was probably on the back of two games that year, <laughs> 12 months. You know, he's coming to that kind of pressure. But he, Tony knew what he was going to get from Will because he knows Will because he's been in the system a long time and that, that's that's the beauty of you know what we will get to with the reserves and the academy and that fluidity across the club. Lovely. I think we've got everything covered, but thank you, gents, and I'm looking forward to the next debutant when they do appear, the next Academy game as well. Cheers, mate. Here we, here we, here we go.